Alrighty, we're back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 516. We're recording live on Tuesday, May the 11th. Uh, Abriana, how's things in Atlanta? Things are good. It's, um, you know, the pollen's starting to like die down a little bit and been getting packed up. It's like very surreal that we're moving, you know? Um, so yeah, it's crazy to think that in a few weeks I will not be in this house anymore um, and not in Atlanta anymore. And I've been here for what, 11 years now or yeah. so. So big changes up ahead, but, you know, excited for a new adventure. And uh, yeah, I mean, baseball's happening. Yeah, my, my Jays are playing your Braves tonight. All right. I'm going to have to make sure I tune in. Yeah um yeah and is it uh is it uh, getting uh, hot yet or is it still kind of you know spring it's kind of spring still you know we've had a few warm days here and there but um it's definitely you know today's like not getting over i think like 74 75 but we've had a few like days in the 80s where it's gotten warm and so we're getting there it, i mean you know what's coming here in Atlanta, right? Like the heat and humidity are guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're and we get the same too. It's just we don't usually get it till like late July, right? That humidity yeah. when it when it piles in here in Toronto. But I think this week, like we're high sixties. You know, might hit low seventies, so it's not bad. Well, it's nice. Yeah. I'll take that <laughs> for me. Right. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. Well, um, we've got a good show for you this week. Uh, four stories that we wanted to cover off. Um, a very interesting array of, of uh, brands doing cool things, I think, that we're going to cover off this week. And uh, I'll let Abriana kick it off as per usual. All right. Well, we're going to kick it off with a story from social. Uh, TikTok is kind of making a foray into a new area for them. And they've announced some new promotions around helping small businesses. So uh, they've got some ad tools, some education se sessions, and they're they're marking this as part of their National Small Business Month. Um, it's actually apparently it's National Small Business Week uh, here in the states, but they're you know going to be promoting all of these features and new functionality for small businesses for the month. And it's really just supposed to help, you know, SMBs to take advantage of their platform, use video content, you know, promote their, their business and have more opportunities to reach consumers through these short video clips and, um, you know, just teaching them to use the platform a little bit better. And I think this is really good because, you know, TikTok has really been a very consumer driven type of a play and you don't think about it when you're thinking necessarily about like promoting your business. Um, you know, it's obviously like in terms of adoption, people are kind of slowly rolling to this and TikTok typically is a much younger demographic, although you can see all kinds of ages on there if you just are scrolling through the videos and what's trending. Um, so I think this is interesting. And so throughout this whole month of May, they're going to have, um, you know, the availability to discover and show love for small businesses. And you can do that using the hashtag support small business 
Um, so business owners can go on and, and have like different experiences. They could give like a sneak peek into the world so they could show like how they make certain things or, you know, the packaging process or just kind of give like a behind the scenes look at different things. Um, and there's kind of three components to this. So the first one is like the hashtag support small business efforts and this, you know, month of May. And then the second part is this partnership that they launched with Nielsen. Now, Nielsen is going to enable them to use the Nielsen DMAs or designated market areas. So you think of like wider than a city, you know, that kind of just reaches um, that probably 25 mile radius or so. And they're going to have geo-targeted campaigns. Um, so that'll have like a more direct focus on the areas that these small businesses can reach and kind of segment um, and then tie it to the Nielsen data as well. So it'll just enhance the accuracy of the TikTok listings. Um, and, you know, I was interested in this. And so I did a little digging to say like, well, why is this something that they needed to work with Nielsen on, right? Obviously Nielsen has the other data in terms of their DMAs, but you know, there's a lot of ways that you could just do the DMA targeting, but apparently Nielsen has actually trademarked DMA. Um, so you can't use the term DMA without, uh, having a direct license from Nielsen, which is pretty interesting, but they will be appending relevant data, you know, around the business listings and things of that nature. And then the third piece of this story is that they have uh, TikTok has also launched a business club on Clubhouse. Um, so they're going to have like a series of interviews with small businesses that have seen success on the platform. So small businesses can tune in and learn and maybe think about how to apply that to their business. Um, and yeah, I think this is good. You know, I think it's great to empower small businesses, you know, not only from a business standpoint and driving, you know, new opportunities for revenue with TikTok, but also I think that it's good in terms of, you know, it's giving them, it's positioning them in a favorable place. You know, they had a lot of flack not so long ago here in the States with, you know, how things needed to be moved around or who was going to have to acquire them for them to stay, you know, available here uh, in, in the States and, and what did that look like? And I think this is a really favorable place for them to be. This is some good press, you know, saying like they're helping small businesses. Obviously, the last, you know, more than a year has been has been pretty difficult for a lot of small businesses. So, you know, putting them in a, in a favorable light of doing something good is also is also really good. And obviously Clubhouse, you know, just kind of plugging this in since we're talking about that topic, we'll be having a conversation soon there, right? <laughs> Um, so we'll be talking, um, from a location weekly slash location-based marketing association perspective coming up pretty soon. So tune in for that. Cause we'll be talking about this and some more items, but back to TikTok. What do you think, Asif? Yeah, I think it's an interesting play for them. I think it's a, it's a really good one. I think they have, uh, you know, a growing, uh, member base, user base and, and a widening demographic, right? It's something that started really young. I think it's it's kind of, you know, sort of broadening out now into other age groups. Um, and, and I think, you know, from that point of view, I think many small businesses are, you know, finding themselves, you know, with a with a new opportunity, right, to to leverage a platform like this to kind of engage with that audience. And I think the sort of video aspects of showcasing a little bit about, you know, who you are, or what your products are, or things like that makes sense. I, you know, personally, I, you know, I, I like that they're doing the, um, you know, the Nielsen mashup here. I think, you know, one of the things that we get asked a lot at the LBMA is, you know, there, there's so many great location-based ad targeting technologies and tools out there. 
uh, but many of them are you know not really affordable I think for your typical small business they work great if you're Burger King or you're you know a large brand um, you know and you can afford that but you know often small businesses ask us you know how do we get started with you know with location-based marketing and you know what can we do um, you know as a as a little independent you know soap maker or you know coffee uh, shop or or you know whatever it is that they do um, and I think this is an interesting way to kind of you know go about that and I think TikTok's found an opportunity there and I think in a lot of ways Pinterest has as well um, but I like the mashup with Nielsen I like that they're sort of appending that sort of you know, geo-marketing um, neighborhood type data uh, to what they're doing to sort of really focus in the uh, the targeting that they're going after. So I think that's interesting. And yes, to echo uh, what you just said about Clubhouse, uh, for those who don't know yet, uh, at the LVMA here, we launched last month a new series uh, that we're calling Retail Local Conversations. Uh, and these are happening on Clubhouse. Uh, it's the third Thursday of every month. So next Thursday, uh, May the 20th, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern time, um, you know, we'll be hosting a conversation. So Abriana will be there, I will be there, uh, and a few other speakers as well. Uh, so join us next Thursday uh, on the 20th at 2 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse. Uh, you can just search for Retail Logo or the LBMA on Clubhouse and you should find the, uh, the group there uh, that you can join. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm also finding Clubhouse to be. Um, you know, it's a bit of an experiment. Um, I would say, like, it, it's not the first thing I thought of, but I. You know, I. I think that there's. You know, especially right now when we're all working from home. You know. You know, living on Zoom meetings all day long. You know, your eyes getting just totally. You know, tired and and you know overworked. Um, you know, having something that's just audio that you can just listen in on I think is, is is interesting and it's different and I like that they're also trying um, to experiment with that too so yeah um, it, it's that age that we're in right like we're there's so much experimentation on platforms and, and mashups of technologies right now and I think that this is a good example of that with what TikTok's doing here yeah. all right on to our second story uh, Target and Safeway uh, are both uh, teaming up with Google Pay uh, and they're delivering location-based um, promotions. Now, what I find really fascinating about this, you know, we've talked a lot uh, over the last number of months about the privacy changes and the IDFA deprecation and all that stuff that's going on in the world of location-based ad targeting. And if you wind the clock back, I remember speaking at an LBMA conference, you know, maybe a retail local conference a few years ago, and I was saying, like, I think one of the opportunities that's coming down the pipeline is for the native OS, you know, platforms, Google and Apple, to really leverage the mobile wallets and to, you know, activate location-based, you know, sort of, you know, ads and promotions, you know, directly through those mobile wallets because they, you know, at the OS level, understand where the device is from a geo point of view and can make a lot of things happen. And here we are, Target and Safeway are now, you know, sort of engaging with Google, uh, with Google Pay specifically, um, to deliver weekly grocery discounts. So these are promotions where the user is allowing location-based services on their mobile device to, as they come nearby a store, to get those offers or those coupons on whatever grocery items, um, 
you know, are relevant to them as they are nearby to those stores to be pushed, you know, directly into their Google Pay mobile app. And, you know, there's there's no rocket science to this at all. It's it's just complete logic makes complete sense. Uh, if you use Google Pay or use Apple Pay or use any of these kinds of mobile wallets, you know, you should have, you know, offers loaded up in there and those offers should be activated based on your geolocation. And to me, this is a very, very good case for, um, you know, sort of turning on your location and, and sort of, you know, giving, you know, real sort of value exchange, you know, that we talk about a lot to, you know, ha you know, a reason to have that on, right? Which is, hey, I'm nearby the Safeway store right now. I want to know what grocery deals are there and what coupons are available and load them up in my Google Pay. And, you know, let me get those discounts. Like, it makes complete sense. I don't see anything, you know, that, uh, like, I would sit here and go, you know, this this is an abuse of my privacy or this is, a, you know, something I'm not interested in or what have you. Like, I, I think this this is, is a no-brainer uh, for both Target and Safeway and any other brand, for that matter, that, you know, wants to use these things. And at the same time, I, I think it, it's, you know, as the OS companies lock down the privacy, it really just opens it up for themselves, right? For more opportunity for Google, for Apple, you know, for, you know, these these providers to uh, really leverage uh, the power of what they know about that device, you know, at an OS level. So, um, you know, I, I have nothing bad to say about this. I, I think that, you know, we're going to see a lot of brands jump onto these types of opportunities as their opportunities to target on other platforms, you know, start to disappear. Yeah, I, I agree with um, pretty much everything that you said. I do think that this is a great opportunity to drive more opt-ins. It is that perfect value, um, value exchange that we discuss all the time. Uh, the one thing that I would say is that I think that this is not only an opportunity for the platforms such as Google and Apple, but I also do feel like this is an opportunity for apps to provide a value exchange that then allows for the client to opt in more often and share that. Um, and, you know, they can have that uh, unique experience that they then offer, right, for those clients. And they can have more, more and more consumers opting in to share that data with them because it's not necessarily that they can't do that anymore or that the platforms are inhibiting from from uh, them sharing that information. It's just, it needs to be, uh, you know, there's more consent that has to be had and there has to be an actual value proposition and use case for the apps to ask for it. So I think this is, you know, I think that this is a page from, you know, the big, the big players book that a lot of the smaller apps can take and apply um, within their platforms as well uh, beyond the pay application. So, um, but I do think that this is, it, it makes perfect sense. It's a good value exchange and there's a lot of advertising, um, you know, applications around that as well. So very yeah. good. All right. So going on to kind of more of like a heartfelt story here and one that I would say is close to me is Petco. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Petco actually has an animal welfare nonprofit um, that's operated by their Petco health and wellness company. It's called Petco Love. And they've actually introduced a new facial recognition platform, um, this technology, and it's it's called Petco Love Lost. And they have deployed this to about a thousand shelters and rescues. Um, and it's really focused on reuniting uh, lost pets with their owners. And so this is gonna be accessible to 
all of the pet owners, you know, who have lost a cat or dog, as well as all of these, um, you know, shelters and communities uh, where pets might end up, you know, that get lost. So the way that it works is you just upload a photo of the pet and then it's scanned and matched with any of the participating shelters or neighborhoods, you know, or in the community. And, um, and the initial results are provided in less than one minute, which is really cool. So there's lots of orgs and communities and associations that have already adopted this technology. So it's definitely has a lot of reach so far, which is great. And they're going to continue to enhance their, their algorithm over time, fine tune that technology. And, you know, it will be continue to improve as more partners sign on. And obviously, as more information is loaded into the system, more pets are in there, more, you know, more of these are used. So I think this is great, you know, as someone who had a sweet puppy, Chula, who was lost, you know, it was heartbreaking. And we exercised every effort that we possibly could, you know, posting signs in the neighborhood, using the next door app, you know, po posting on social media, going and calling all the shelters. And, you know, it was exhausting, not only, you know, just mentally, but emotionally too. And so I love anything that has to do with like, you know, reuniting and, and making sure that we can try and get back with our, our kids, you know, these little furry animals are really our family. So um, I think this is amazing. I love this use of facial recognition. It's like, it's not invasive for your privacy. It's definitely something that, you know, every family with, with a pet could use and, you know, would love to know that they have this at their disposal. And, and also for a lot of the shelters as well, probably, you know, who have a hard time keeping up with with so many animals that are coming in all the time and what to do with them and how to get the proper care for them. And now the ability to perhaps get them back with their families um, in a more seamless way, I think is, is amazing. So I love this story. It's like my favorite story this week. And um, yeah, I'm excited about this, this new technology they're rolling out. It's great. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it, it's it's a really cool um, you know heartfelt story for sure, and and I think that you know often when we talk about fa facial recognition technology, you know we think about the negative aspects, we think about the privacy issues, we think about you know sort of um, you know what's that coming Clearview AI, you know these kinds of companies that you know the police are using to track people down and all kinds of things, but I think. You know, when you when you look at a story like this, you you look at it and go, you know, wait a second, like this technology, you know, there is good you know, that can come from this, right? And uh, applying it to something that um, you know the average you know uh, consumer who has a pet, you know, can really sort of appreciate the value in this. And as you say, there's there's so many people who've lost you know cats or dogs or whatever you know over over the years, um, and I think that. Um, you know, if if Petco can sort of get some brand love, you know, by associating themselves, you know, with a with a solution that can help uh, people find their lost pet, I think that you know there's there's only good in that, right? And um, I remember, uh, you might remember, uh, there was this campaign that we did in the UK, um, you know, with uh, one of the adoption uh, uh, agencies uh, for for dogs, and we were running these sort of campaigns with. Um, Big digital billboards in uh, in uh, UK shopping malls, uh, outdoor malls, and uh, basically like we were handing out like these flyers with embedded uh, chips in them, and they would sync up with the screens. And everywhere you kind of went through the mall, this little puppy dog 
that was looking to be adopted would like you know sort of show up on the screen like following you around the mall and um you know i i think that uh you know there's just it, these types of things really tug at the heartstrings right and and i think that uh you know petco's got something here that can really um you know do a lot for their brand and and create that brand love uh that every brand wants and at the same time you know it, it's practical it helps uh you know pet owners um you know be able to find their lost their lost pets so i like it all right our final story completely uh switching gears now klm the uh royal dutch airlines um have uh, an interesting out-of-home billboard campaign going right now. Um, you know, we've just kind of come out of winter and into spring and allergies and it's, you know, flu season and uh, all of that. And, um, you know, they have taken some uh, digital signage in bus shelters and, and you know, screens around and um, have come up with a pretty interesting campaign. So obviously as an airline, you know, the, the whole travel industry has been suffering greatly. Um, you know, people, you know, flights are, are you know, are restricted and travel is restricted. And, you know, th there's a need to sort of, you know, rebuild, uh, you know, sort of that, uh, that desire and, and, uh, and re you know, restart, you know, an industry almost. And so one of the things KLM's doing is um, they've come up with this out-of-home billboard campaign. And so they've taken these billboards and they've equipped them with, uh, listening devices and an AI motor and so basically what they've done is is um, you know let's say you're sitting in a bus shelter and there's a, a digital screen there um, you know the listening device that's built into this has been designed to listen for 40,000 different uh, cough and sneeze sounds so if you're sitting there and you cough or you sneeze uh, whatever the, the screen's going to recognize that as as what it is as a cough or a sneeze and then all of a sudden the digital sign is going to like you know come up with this thing that says hey you're not feeling well um, and then an ad to you know book a trip to you know Portugal or wherever um, and you know focus in on their sort of uh, promotion which is uh, you can cancel for you know like zero dollar cancellation fees and whatnot so I think it's kind of it's kind of fun. It, it's you know, are you unwell? Is is the campaign that they're going for? Um, well, don't worry. You know, you can book a trip and you can get away and you can feel better and you don't have to worry about uh, any cancellation fees. Um, so I think it's a little bit fun. It's a neat way to sort of bring some in interactivity uh, into uh, you know what's showing up on the screen, you know, through this kind of listening technology um, and. Um, yeah, you know, you know, you need a little bit of fun, and you need to, you know, this industry needs a lot of help to uh, to get moving again. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting that they're. I, I like that they're talking about and promoting like, hey, cancel for free, you know, at any time. I think that's great. Um, but it's also interesting that they're like saying to promoting travel, like when they hear a cough or sneeze, um, like, come on, let's fly, come get on our airplanes. Uh, <laughs> a little questionable, you're like, oh no. Yeah, bring um, that onto the plane, yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's interesting, but you know, I think people are, you know, people, companies, marketing departments were like reaching to try and figure out like, how can we make things applicable? How can we, you know, especially in the travel industry, it's been hit really hard. How do we get people excited about traveling again? People start are starting to, you know, 
feel excited about going places again and, you know, people are getting vaccinated. So they're starting to open up to the idea of traveling and taking that vacation they haven't had in so long. And so I think that it's great to, you know, start promoting that it's a good time. People are more open to that. Um, You know, I was thinking of something that's not exactly apples to apples, but, you know, years ago, I know that we, uh, when I was working more on the IP intelligence side, we were doing geolocation targeting for um, symptoms like flu symptoms or whatever the level of things were. Was it allergies? Was it flu? And we would tie, and there there was um, work that we did with, I think it was WebMD potentially, but basically they were looking at the postal code where visitors were coming from and looking at the real-time data to say like, you know, what is the level of flu symptoms? What's the level of pollen, you know, and tying the advertising that they showed to those areas, right? So is it is it flu season? Like maybe they're going to advertise Tamiflu or is it just pollen? You know, maybe it's going to be like Claritin or Zyrtec or something like that. Um, but I, you know, I think that it's interesting, the idea of using sound in order to to do this, not just like location, right? But but the actual sounds that they're hearing. I thought you were gonna say they were listening for the word flu or listening for the word allergies or something, but uh, the sounds is interesting. So, um, you know, I think this is creative and it's definitely had a lot of thought put into it. And obviously there had to be some level of, um, I don't know, some effort that, that was put in with all these coughing and sneezing sounds, you know, because people definitely sneeze very differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, well, forty thousand uh, different samples, right? That that's a lot. Yeah. That, so, that's... I think this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of sounds here, I, while you were talking, I was pulling up this, uh, you know, this little clip here for, uh, you know, Petco's new theme song uh, for their campaign. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note. Um, you've been listening to Location Weekly, episode number 516. Uh, we thank you for your uh, your time, and uh, you know we appreciate all of the support. If you have story ideas, reach out to us, um, and uh, you know give us some um, some likes and some love on the uh, whatever podcast uh, channel you're listening to this on. But uh, Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll be back next week with a uh, new show, episode 517. Take care. Bye. Bye.